Welcome to another episode of the Dibley Dobblers Cricket Podcast. As always, I am your main host, Callum. And as usual, I'm joined. As usual, you're switching it up. <laughs> well, just because you clearly have a problem with my phrase, you know. So, our um, producer, director, um, speech police, speech <laughs> minor host, Andrew, how's it going? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Fine. You know, clearly can't say what I want to say, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> Just in general. Just run a script by you beforehand. Is that, is that Absolutely, right? yeah. It's probably safer, yeah. to be fair. You could just get that to me by the, the Tuesday before each recording. That'd be great. <laughs> and then I'd ask, Andrew, have you read it? No. <laughs> I was going to read it, but Ken, something else came up. <laughs> no, nothing comes up. I just didn't do it. Just didn't do it. CBA. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Ah, right. good to see nothing's changed oh, over wow. the years, Andrew. Good. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Well, I just realised that I changed the text on our Twitter handle, but I didn't change the colour of the text on your name, so it doesn't come up quite as well against your white T-shirt, but oh, letting what? myself down on my, my production there. But oh, well, right. What like, have we got this week? Um, I don't know. You regularly let yourself down on the podcast, Andrew, so I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, well, we've got another interview. We do have another We're interview. We're starting yeah. to kind of fire through them every week now. Yeah. Good that. Uh, yeah, so Richard Bowman of Kinlock will be joining us on the show. Uh, we definitely need a voiceover, man. Like, I'm telling you. Tonight on Dibley Doublers. <laughs> oh, we should see the boy for the X Factor. He must not be doing anything. He'd be like, Richard Bowman! <laughs> or oh, the Geordie lad from Big Brother. <laughs> Episode 48. <laughs> oh, we've gone a bit delirious. It's far too late at night for this, isn't it? <laughs> I hope no one's sensitive about these things that's yeah. watching. <laughs> I hope Richard's not sensitive about <laughs> me voiceovering his name. <laughs> but yes, yeah. that will be coming up later in the episode. But as as always... yep, You can take it with this one, because yeah, it is yeah. as always. It's we've got... I mean, it's always as always... Always applies. As always, we have got Team of the Week. Team um, of the Week, indeed. So, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of good batting performances. Yeah, I think six, six tons in the Team of the Week this year. Um, uh, this year? This year. <laughs> just wow. this year. I mean, just this week. Six tons in the Team of the Week this week. Tons uh, of tons. Yeah, tons of tons. Um, and then one other batting performance. While there was no ton in there, they did score... 131 100 runs. 131 runs without being dismissed. Exactly. Across um, three different games. So, so, yeah, and I mean, even, to be fair, our number nine, when we put it up, it will, it scored 44 off 19 balls. Um, so, I mean, plenty of batting depth. A lot of 2020 this week, because we only have um, consideration for longer format in the EPL and the Village Cup yep. final. Okay. Um so yeah, lots of 2020 was going on. There was the CS T20 qualifier in both. And the Women's Premier League as well. Sorry, course, and the Women's Premier League. That, Apologies. That's kind of in the middle. That's in terms somewhere of in between. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, had the CS T20 qualifiers in both the SPCU or South Cali region. I don't know quite exactly how it's termed. termed and it is the, the SPCU region. The SPCU region called, and yeah. the North East Scotland cricket region. Um, and then we had the Three Counties Cup. Um, and then we, we'll find out how the results of those games happened later on. Do we have to? We have to, Andrew. <laughs> we have to. We really must. Spoiler alert. Absolutely <laughs> must. Anyway, let's bring the team of the week let's up onto the screen. So, another week, another Northern Lights opener scoring a century and getting into the team of the week. So, um, Elsa Lister again. We definitely need the soundboard. I want to play All of the Lights, All of the Lights. <laughs> That'd be absolutely wonderful. And yeah, so Elsa Lister, uh, she apparently getting a 47 ball ton wasn't good enough last week. So I had to better at 46 balls this week. If she doesn't score a 45 ball ton this you're week out. coming, then you're out. You're what are you doing? The week. What are you doing? That's it. Yeah. You, you could score 200 runs, but if it's not done in 45 balls, <laughs> you're out. Uh, Craig Wallace returns. He does return. He had a little spell out the team of the week, but he's back with a vengeance. 107 yep. off 75. In a losing cause. In a losing cause, but they did put up a decent total. 
Um, and then Heriot's had some mid-low order runs that got them over the line, I think, in that game, didn't they? Yeah, you could say that Michael took the sheen off Craig Wallace's performance, really. <sighs> Well done, oh, well done. Yeah, eh? <laughs> that was a good one. It was. Uh, 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 that yeah. was a good one, yeah. So, Kenny Reid in at three, um, with an 81 off 49 balls against Gordonians and 104 off 73 against Fruki. Scottish Cup. Yeah, longest one in the Scottish Cup. Scottish Cup as well. Yeah. Sleeping. Terrible. Um, uh, fairly Im- impressive, that really. I mean, hard hitting at the top of the order from Kenny. So. Yeah. And then we've got a run of three overseas players. Tian Britz, 101 off 63 against Kinloch uh, in the, the Three Counties Cup on Saturday. Dianne what Fo- a knock. Dianne Forrester with 165 not out off a mere 83 balls against Fruki. So yeah, Kenny up the top of the order. Dianne a little bit further down the order. Making <laughs> Kenny look like a Jeffrey Boycott a little bit, to yeah. be fair. I mean, striking at almost 200 for his 165. I mean... Yeah, literally one run short of, of being at 200. Uh, and then Perth Ducats Pro, uh, or overseas player, I can't remember. He's that. the club coach club these days, coach. isn't he? Okay, yeah. Same thing, really. Yeah. Um, 73 or 49 balls against Falkland in the CST 20. Then a... We don't know how many balls, but it's 113 not out against Dundee High in the three counties, which, to be fair, that's pretty impressive because I think that was done at f- from f- five. Um, yeah, I think it was. Uh, so, I mean, that's fair going. And then against Fruki in the other tie in the three counties cup, 29 not out in a much more reserved manner of 26 balls. But he also took three for 14. So, a very strong T20 performance um, there. It was done at four. Um, at four? Well, still. Eastman's innings. Uh, so he came in, to be fair, the second wicket fell at 110. Yeah, so very impressive. He must have been at a fair, fair rate. Fair rate. Um, yeah, got the full scorecard in front of me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, Dupree's standard of Stonywood Dice with his as you said, was it 136 runs? You 131. Said? 131 runs um, across three different games. The text is very small and the screen is very far away from me, so I am not reading who that is. So it's 31 not out against Bon Accord in 2020. A vital 60 not out, um, which is probably the big performance that really got him into the team against uh, Stumel in yeah. the EPL, and then a 40 not out in a losing cause against Forfshire in the Scottish Cup. Yeah. Uh, um, and if you thought that one was small, Andrew... Well, I've got no chance <laughs> of reading the text not. on the next one. So we're into the bowlers. Obviously, Majid Rashid has featured... He has featured previously, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he, he has, has at least at been the top on. of the order, because he's, he's had quite an impressive batting year so far. Um, but three different bowling performances. Can you read that from there? I can. Um, yeah, so again, a little bit like Dupree's, it was about almost his consistency of performance. Um, his was across the weekend rather than across the whole week. Um, but it was a 56 um, runs off 22 balls, followed up by... Two for 30 off his four against Arbroath in the Three Counties Cup. 31 off, I think that says 16 balls, but that is mighty small. <laughs> and then a very impressive two for two off three overs against Forfarshire. Um, and then he also played the key role in the Village Cup final against Falkland that we were along to. Um, and he took three for 24 but he really blew away the Falkland top order. And really, that's the thing, I think, that sealed victory for, for Meagle in that match. Yeah, it really got them off to a flyer and put Falkland on the back foot straight away in that game. Falkland ultimately were bowled out for 73. Yep, 73. Right. It, it looked like it was a bowler-friendly day, don't get me wrong. Uh, Lyle Robertson also took four wickets, but in a losing cause for Falkland. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was. Oh, I think it was always well. Both captains wanted to bat first, which was the interesting thing. I was out in the middle and thought, yeah, that looks like a good call. And clearly, all three of us were wrong because it was bowler friendly. But Indeed, yeah, it was a, a bit of a surprise from from what seemed the case at the start of the day. Um, Becky Glenn, um, she yeah has had some 
um, great batting performances. Another 44 off just 19 balls, but um, four for nine off four overs. It's some impressive bowling figures, so it gets in at the, the bowling side of the, the team primarily today. Yes, yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, and then uh, Jack Hogarth, who's had a few appearances now, uh, four for 33 off his nine overs against Stonywood Dice. And yeah, Luke Bain of Aberdeenshire, another one who's been in quite a few times, just having a pretty decent season with the ball. Yes, um, it, it makes me doing the graphic a lot easier because he just slots in at that 11 spot. Just leave him there. <laughs> I just leave him. It's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was 4 for 19 off 10 against Fruki in the Scottish Cup on Sunday um, as Aberdeenshire handed out a bit of a pace down. Um, more than a bit but yeah Yeah. I mean it was I mean 19 even just the economy rate in that absolutely and then you have the the four wickets in Um, yeah so Aberdeenshire having a very strong season um, and interestingly are in the Scottish Cup and I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who they got drawn against I want to say Watsonians Um, that could be utterly rubbish Um, but I think that'll be an interesting tie because Aberdeenshire have been enjoying a golden patch yep. against f- kind of opposition of the same level. So yeah. I think it'll be a good sort of litmus test for them to see, you know, actually, yeah. are they ready for that next step? Um, yeah, because that's against the sort of middling side yeah. in the in the EPL. So yeah, it's a, a decent test. Um, can Dianne Forrester put in a, another performance, a level up? Um, and I suppose that brings us on to our Player of the Week. Um, his innings on Sunday was just incredibly destructive. Um, it was a bowling attack, which included Safi and Sharif. Apparently bowling off spin. Yeah. Um, not sure what he was doing there. Um, but the scorecard says he was bowling, and Dean Forrester did this to them. Um, so mighty impressive performance. Well, absolutely. And at the end of the day, they're still a good NEC team. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean start of the season we expected it sort of be Miguel Fruki Aberdeenshire at the NEC, um, <sighs> the sort of main players, yeah. and yeah, so a performance against us, a direct title rival, albeit not in the league. Um, yeah, yeah, impressive no, stuff. I, and I think that's it. It's just the size of the innings is really the thing that sets him apart. We've had a few tons, but we've had that all season. Really, we've had a few tons that are just a bit, over, you know, just a standard ton. Um, but for some Twitter users, that is a, a daddy ton because it's it over is. 150, just in case people need to learn that. <laughs> um, so we've got tables now uh, following on from our best performances. Uh, so obviously the NEC table hasn't changed, but the EPL, oh no, I've mucked that up. So take that off because I've just realised I've updated the points and I haven't updated anybody's positions. So we'll take that graphic off the screen. All right. Because I'm a numpty. So Uh, we'll just not show it. But that means I'll have to get the the table up quickly so we can discuss it very briefly. Fantastic Uh, work, Cal. I know. It's really good, that. Um, Superb uh, stuff. So... (laughs) Uh, we have got Stonywood Dice still up towards the top of the. They are still sitting second, which my incorrect graphic would have said. Um, just on net run rate, they're behind Heriots. Uh, bad news for Stonywood Dice is that skipper Jamie King is out for approximately a month with a hip injury. Yeah, that's a big blow for them. Uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they can sort of rally round. Um, I mean, obviously the skipper, um, he has pr- produced some handy, hard-hitting low-order runs as well, but th- that opening bowling um, will be sadly missed. For for sure are in a, in a sort of downward slope just now. They've slipped back to fifth after a very strong start. Um, and then we do have Falkland and Arbroath propping up the table. Yeah, you'd heard that Arbroath's overseas players might now be in the country. I'd, I'd heard a murmuring that they were, um, which would be a big turnaround. I'd be interested to see if that is the case at the weekend. Um, I believe that Falkland are still missing Harsha due to hold up with visas, which seems to be a problem up and down the country, um, yeah. not just in Scotland. It's You're seeing, seeing lots on social media about yeah, yeah. overseas players. Obviously, this kind of caused the Ukraine conflict is causing problems. Understandably, these 
you know the Ukrainian refugees are taking priority yeah. um but obviously it's having an impact um but yeah I mean Falkland narrowly lost to Grange um so they'll be hoping that that's some positive signs for them and Charles Castle got a look at him on Sunday yeah looked tidy pretty nippy yeah yeah looked uh, yeah he looked quite impressive from from where I was watching the, the game at Meagle on Sunday. Yeah, and uh, I heard on the on another podcast that I can't. Um, he was being talked up as well. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, so it's obviously he's making an impact. Um, but just kind of th- they've struggled for team consistent like team selection consistency. Which to be fair, I think our both have a little bit as well. But I think both of those teams will be hopeful of getting overseas players in as quickly as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I think it's time to um, share our interview. Yeah. Um, so earlier this evening, we spoke to Richard Bowman of Kinloch Cricket Club. Um, so we will share that conversation with you now. We are joined by uh, Richard Bowman from Kinloch Cricket Club. Uh, Richard, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, how thank are you. you this evening? No, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, great. I'm just uh, back from a training session with a group of five to eight-year-olds. So, um, yeah, <laughs> a bit more energy than I've got, naturally. <laughs> yeah, that you can know, be great you- fun. I, I coach five to eight-year-olds on a, on a Monday night, so I'm well aware of what that entails. <laughs> I mean, if you're just back from five to eight-year-olds, I can only assume an alcoholic beverage will be getting consumed after this interview. <laughs> Gave up some years back, so, um, so, so only the only way I could keep playing. Uh, <laughs> All right, maybe that's come, what I need to do. Yeah, the days of coming up and playing hungover are long gone. <laughs> totally professional now. Oh, well, very good. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so uh, I guess the main reason that we've got you on um, is the club made an announcement on, on Twitter the other week that I saw. Yeah. Um, you've kind of been a, a nomadic club over the last few years with no sort of home of your own. Um, and there are now plans afoot to get back into, into Dundee. So can you tell us a bit about the plans? Well, to cover the nomadic bit, uh, Andrea, it's, it's about 25 years we've been nomadic. Um, we we played at a public park in Dundee um, called Lockheed Park, which uh, had its good and had its bad, but the bad started out with the good of it, and we started looking for another ground uh, in Dundee. That wasn't possible, so we moved to St Andrews about mm-hmm. Um and despite being in a town with a you know, very prestigious university and what you'd imagine is a lot of kind of English people with cricketing talent coming in, in 20 years there, I think we got one player. So uh, by the time COVID arrived, we had, although we were enjoying playing at St Andrews and had done what we set out to do, which was to improve the facilities for our members and then get better players and then start to go up the sort of food ladder a wee bit of cricket. Um, we were really finding that going to St Andrews was becoming expensive. It was also becoming difficult. And we, as you say, we want to get back into Dundee because that's where all our players come from. Yeah. Uh, COVID hit. Uh, actually, it was the year before COVID. St Andrews did some redevelopment of their pitches. And I think it was about that time that we started to look again because it's something we'd done off and on, off and on for, oh, well, the 25 years or 23 or four years we were away from Dundee. Um, but the facilities in Dundee are not great. Um, the council kind of shoehorned everybody into one public park, which wasn't the best public park. Um, so we, I think, always had the look of trying to get to, there's a, the ground that we have now got is called Elliot Road, which is the sports ground of the Harris Academy, which, if you know Dundee, is the largest comprehensive school. In the city, um, which is strangely enough, we had a huge connection going back with Harris because um, that's where most of our players came from. Very much less so now, uh, but 
we we moved to Strathmore because they offered us a very good deal and want it was mutually beneficial. They had uh, obviously Saturdays where their NEC team wasn't playing, so with us being in the NEC, they were getting continuous uh, cricket of that standard um, every week, just for people using the bar and coming in and hospitality. Yeah. Um, but they would, they knew we had an idea to get back to Dundee, so. It was last year when we kind of got back to playing again. Um, Gordon McKinney of Perth Ducat caught me on the boundary one day in the middle of one of my rare, very good bowling spells <laughs> and uh, engaged me in a conversation that Cricket Scotland were interested in our plight because they were concerned about the lack of cricket in Dundee outside of kind of two grounds, which are Forfishers and Dundee High Schools, which are you know, a fee-paying school and a members-only club. Um, so we ended up in a Zoom call with Tony Blaine of Cricket Scotland. Um, upshot of that was we ended up getting involved with local politicians, uh, and then we ended up getting involved with the local sports hub, uh, the West End Community Sports Hub, which does great work across all sports in Dundee, not just cricket. Yeah, and um, we ended up getting a contact of getting him to speak to both the school and the council about using Elliot Road and with some um, pushing and shoving and a little bit of uh, to and fro with the people that do the bookings, we've now got in to do kids coaching on a Thursday night. Um, so it's a, it's a two hour session. Um, at the moment, it's just five to eight year olds, but we're hoping to expand that to allow the hardest kids to come up uh, and do maybe hardball cricket and then open up to the local community. That was the understanding of us getting access into the ground. Um, and what we're also planning to do is, and we have an application in for a grant this that gets considered this week, is to put an artificial wicket in, which would allow us to play matches up to Division 1 standard in the SPCU. So that's our twos. Yeah. And uh, obviously junior matches, and maybe the school want to use it or anybody wants to use it. It's a cricket pitch back in Dundee that's um, perhaps more accessible than, than the two clubs that have got pitches at the moment. Cool. So what, what facilities are there at the moment? Is there is there any cricket infrastructure at all at Elliot Road just now? None, so Andrew. Um, that, that's the kind of... We, we are basically back to scratch. When I was at school there, which was many, many moons ago, there was a wicket... Um, we hit the teacher's strike in the mid-80s and cricket stopped. Uh, and with it went the wicket. There was no kind of need to maintain that wicket. There also used to be a, a, a very old-fashioned coconut matting pitch, which was kind of at the top end of the ground. Um, we used to use it when we were kids, went up there. It was great. Although the, the great peril of that was anything that hit the fence and the fence runs the length of the ground count as you being caught in the slips. So, I mean, you could absolutely <laughs> mid smash something off the middle and it'd go flying down, it clipped the fence at the end and you were, you were out. Uh, but all that has gone. And to be honest with you, the ground is slightly dilapidated. I don't think they'd be upset with me saying that. And I was at a meeting on Monday of the West End Community Sports Hub and there's plans or there's hopeful plans of actually getting in there, turning an old tennis court into a multi-surface sports facility. Right. which would, from a cricket point of view, would allow us to do um, kind of like quick cricket or or um, softball cricket, um, maybe even a sort of seven-a-side type of game, uh, but it would be softball. It would be softer yeah. compass smaller, even tape ball. And we've got quite a large um, Asian uh, contingent who are, I mean, I heard you saying the other, I'm noticing the other week, we won the tape ball at the start of the season. Yeah, um, we both played in that. And yeah, you, you, yeah. you played in it. Yeah, the, the, the team in red. Yeah. <laughs> up. Uh, yeah, I mean, our guys play tape ball all winter. They've got places booked out here, um, uh, Dundee International Sports Centre, and they do tape ball every single week of the winter. So if we do something like that on a multi sport surface, it'd be great. Plus, it would accommodate tennis, it would accommodate uh, football, hockey, rugby could use it for their, um, their skills technique training. Uh, it, it's a very good, like, it's a good ground that just needs a bit of tender, loving care and the facilities brought back up to what they once were. thing is, it's good to see, though, that that's being done because so many sport and infrastructure in this country 
is going downhill. Well, not just cricket. I mean, it's yeah. across the board in reality. So it's excellent to see that, you know, Ken Law Cricket Club, but also I, I saw there was a, a tweet from a couple of councillors who were talking about the, um, yeah. the surface. So it's good to see that this, it's obviously widely getting engaged with. Yeah, it's it's something. I mean, I think the councillor you were talking about, be Fraser McPherson, who is the councillor for the West End and Dundee. He actually is on the West End Community Sports Hub. He's kind of the link in with the council. Um, but I think there's cross party support. I mean, we can be cynical about politicians. This is something I think it's it's non political. Everybody kind of wants to get on board, um, and it's a case of just. You know, appreciate to see where the financial resources are to get it done. I mean, and that's, you know, I think that happens with all clubs. I mean, there's um, there's not a sort of an ending supply of money, but there is money there, I've been told. And if, if it's for a good cause and it can be seen to get young people involved in sport, then all the better. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned, I guess, so sort of the short to medium term plan is to have an artificial wicket in there and to yeah. have your, your second team who play in Div 2 at the moment, am I right? Uh, they're Div 2, yeah. They're yeah. Div 2. Um, so get, get them playing on there as well as the juniors. Long term, will there be a name to get a grass wicket established and get the, the ones there as well? That's the aspiration, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think we would like to have everything contained in the one ground. Uh, that's Slightly more difficult. I mean, putting a wicket from scratch, which is what it would be. Um, yeah. you're talking, I've been told you're talking about maybe two years, you yeah. know, from, from start to finish. Uh, I, I mean, I'm no ground expert at all, a groundsman expert at all, but uh, I'd have to go in and probably sit fallow for a year um, to, to let beds in. So that's going to be, I mean, I'm, I'm probably talking off the top of my head here at the moment, but. It's not something I think we would want to maybe commit to passing over to the council. We'd like to establish a relationship where they would allow us to employ a groundsman or uh, having spoken to several groundsmen, they now freelance and will happily come along and prepare yeah. your wicket for you, yeah. do your ground maintenance. Um, so it'd be something that we want to do that rather than go back to just playing on. And I think we've seen them in all towns and cities, council prepared wickets, which fine for a certain standard of cricket, but I don't think you get to play NEC on it. Uh, and there's a few bowlers in the NEC I wouldn't fancy facing on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. There's, there's two players who currently play on a public park in Aberfeldy, okay, different council area, but uh, yeah, we know the joys of having, well, okay, we have someone playing the pitch, but the ground as a whole, that's left to the council and that's, uh, it's not, it's no great. So Yeah. Um, yeah, can be a ropey outfield at times. <laughs> One of the better ones is, and I was there last year playing with us, is Largo, who have the same arrangement. Um, and the Largo wicket can be an absolute road. And the outfield tends to be quite good, but there's a kind of feeling with Largo's ground that it's actually a cricket ground, although it's a yeah. public yeah. park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we were there on Saturday actually, and um, yeah, I thought I thought the wicket was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it was a good wicket to bat on, but also had enough in it for the bowlers. I think it was a very good wicket that they've got there. And Meagle have a, a Meagle are another club with a very similar, that same arrangement there as yeah. well. And they show it can be done and done quite well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, but again, victory part, you go up there, you really do feel you're in a cricket ground. And I think the locals see it as a cricket ground. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's dog walking that goes on and people sitting and, you know, under the trees and enjoying themselves, but it's it's definitely got a feel of the cricket ground. Whereas I think you do get the council grounds and the one you're talking about, Naberfeldy. Um, I'm sure, Mark Bridgman will not thank me for saying it, but it, it can be a bit ropey at times. And uh, I mean, they've had their problems. They had their their um, their store burnt down and their stuff yeah. stolen. Yeah. Uh, so again, you want to try and avoid that at all costs. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But I think from the point you've said as well about Dundee and the sort of dynamic of the clubs, I think from, again, for the national game, you know, Dundee's the obvious one. Okay, there's four for sure, but it's not really Dundee. You know, it's... Well, that's what Cricket Scotland said. They, don't, they didn't sort of see that as Dundee. Brought a very declaring independence. Well, <laughs> but, it, you know, from a point of view of Maybe. people driving, just driving past and seeing it, and you know, and yeah. Dalna Craig is up behind a wall and a fence and things. And you're, 
if you can get something that's a bit more obviously in front of people, it yeah. possibly, I think most people in Dundee would probably have quite a, you know, Dundonians, especially native Dundonians, would probably have quite a negative view, but they probably don't see cricket as part of their city's makeup. And if they maybe start to see that, you may see increased popularity in the game as well. Well, there's another thing. It's funny you say that because, I mean, we've had so many players, and again, with being quite involved with the Asian community, the amount of players we have uh, you know, kind of inherited who have gone, I've been here for four years doing a degree. It's my last summer. I'll come and play for you, but I'm away after this. I didn't think they played cricket in Dundee. And, you know, we've had very good players that we've had a limited exposure to because they just... They spent three years thinking this 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 city is without a cricket ground. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I mean the fact, again, I think this was Cricket Scotland's point, was you know, it's a city of 145,000 people. It's the fourth biggest city in the country. And yet someplace like Perth, which is a third of the size, has got better facilities, and up until the merger with Duca, uh, had more clubs. Yeah. You know, I, 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 we really saw where they were coming from and while it was beneficial to us I think as a national body it's something that you can understand why it would concern them Yeah, but I suppose, but excellent if you guys get to be the benefactors because you're obviously putting the work in behind the scenes as well because they might be willing from Cricket Scotland but they need some, they need local books on the ground to also put that forward well, it'd be, it would be remiss of me not to say there's another club as well who were sort of long-time local rivals of ours, but who we're now very much working together with, which is Norwood, who play in the recreational development leagues. Yeah. Um, and because of the situation in Dundee, I mean, they have become more nomadic. They now no longer have a ground. They just play away games. Right. Um, so they would come in with us as well. Um, and you know, we've, we've kind of got a situation. I mean, there's no merger between the clubs, but we've... We've worked together for a number of years, um, making sure that you know, there's times where maybe our seconds have struggled and they've given us players. And if their team's struggling, we'll give them some twos players to play. So it just keeps the, the you know, all the standards are there from NEC down to that Division One, Division Two level, which can be much the same in R and D. So it's it's hopefully giving everybody who has an interest in cricket a standard they can play up. No, sounds. Sounds excellent and look forward to keeping an eye on how things develop and you never well, know, it might be yeah. five years time, we might be talking about the, the wicket getting bedded in or whenever no. that is, but no, got to no. take the first steps and it sounds like they're well on their way, which is excellent news. Yeah, good. good. It's, 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 a, it's an encouraging place to be and you know, from having been, I mean, I've been at the club since the late 80s. I mean, and there have been times where we have been, you know, 10 players and scouting around for an 11th body or sometimes nine players and scouting around for two to now be at a stage where we've got two, two 11s out on a Saturday, which is, you know, far better than we could ever have dreamed. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I remember that in days gone by of playing more in my sort of teenage years. I remember. Yeah. And it has, the club has come a long way. And I think certainly from what I've seen outside, I think you're somebody who is due a lot of credit for that working hard when there's perhaps not been a lot of bodies and, you know, club, the game in this country needs volunteers like like yourself. So, well, I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, there's when we've been successful, it's been because we've had good people there who have been prepared to put the work in. I mean, I, if I can name check a few at the moment, people like um, Mohammed Sagir, Tahir Niazi, Hamza Khan have been guys who've come in and helped to grow the club from the position where we were in, where we were probably when they came a reasonable eleven. Maybe we had 12, 13 players. We were always able to put out 11 a bad week when maybe we had 10. Um, and in a short period of time, we've, we've grown the club. And yes, um, you know, we've got... We're, one of the great advantages of being in a city like Dundee with a large Asian community is the Asian community. And I know it's a live topic in Scottish cricket at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, the Asian community, as far as we're concerned, has... Players who are ready to play, who, who have been playing since they're young, who have kids who are interested in playing. Uh, and while, you know, under no circumstances would we be saying that's all we're focusing on, um, in growing the club, it's been because we've had a tie up with the Asian community and it, it really has helped us. 
Well, the thing is, if there's an untapped market, you know, not an untapped market, as it were, well, that's what, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with trying to actually yeah. provide that facility. So I think that's well, we had a great thing we did. It was actually Easter Saturday, and we actually went along to one of the public parks in Dundee and just we'd gone around the mosques and said, send the kids along. And we thought, oh, we get a dozen kids. Well, we ended up with, I think, with 35 um, <laughs> playing playing cricket for what was supposed to be an hour and a half, turned out to be two and a half hours on a public park in Dundee. So, I mean, it, it shows you that the interest is there. Um, and it shows you that... Um, you know, if, if you put the facilities on for people, they will come along. You might get two players out of it, but, I mean, it's it's good PR, if nothing else, uh, and it's good for the game. I mean, people then think, as you were saying, people passing and thinking, I never see cricket in Dundee. Now they go, oh, there's a group of people playing cricket. Yeah, and that's, and that's it. Over time, it'll get less and less peculiar for people, and that's exactly yeah. what you want. Precisely, yeah. So you kind of touched on, I suppose, to discuss a bit about the future of the club and where you're heading. Um, you've always touched on the fact that you've got now two Saturday 11s. Um, yep. I suppose it's just kind of looking at, at the present situation of the club. Um, like many clubs, has been COVID. You've been dealing with ground moves. But how do you, how do you guys feel sort of on, on the field more? How, how do you guys sort of feel about this season? What are your aims and aspirations, both for your ones and your twos? I think the two, they'll start off with the twos. Um, I mean, they, they would be looking to get promotion at Division One. Um, we actually, the first year that we played our twos, they were they played in Division One. Um, and because of the situation we had at Strathmore, where we were kind of having to play a Sunday, uh, the SBCU said, oh, we prefer if you're in Division Two, the standard will be much the same. Um, and I think at the top end it is. I don't see an awful lot of difference. Uh, the bottom end, yeah, maybe not so, but we so we kind of voluntarily relegated ourselves, but we are quite keen to get back. And if we obviously could have Elliot Road on a guaranteed Saturday, then we could play Division One. Yeah. Um, can lock one. Um, yeah, <laughs> life in the NEC has been interesting. I mean, we we we've done everything from beating the reigning champions, which we did to Meagle in 2017, I think it was. Um, down to going a whole season without winning a game. So it's kind of been from the sublime to the ridiculous at times. I think, to be honest with you, um, we would be looking at survival. It might be that three teams go down this year from the yeah. NEC. Yeah. Um, uh, and that could be quite a scramble for points come the end of the season. Um, so you're currently sitting ninth. We're uh, ninth. We've won two games. We, to be honest with you, we, I mean, if, if the rain had come half an hour earlier at Aberdeen, <laughs> I make a possible excuse we could have been four and all because we we lost by one wicket to Strathmore, yeah. who had a forty-run partnership for the last wicket, which was slightly less than the seventy we put on for our last wicket. I mean, it could have been a very quick game. <laughs> Um, but we we probably should have won that, and I'm reliably told by friends we have at Gordonians we were one wicket away from getting at their not exactly run laden tail they had on the day. So we might have been sitting there up with uh, Meagle and Aberdeenshire at the moment, but that I think might have been you know a bit rarefied atmosphere for us. I think what we look at is being, I mean, if we were ninth and three went down. Yeah, we'd be happy. I think we've we we've always said to ourselves, we reckon we could win half a dozen games um, within a season. Yeah. Um, what I, what I'd say is we're getting. We were, there's a lot of games we were playing years gone by where it was over after twenty overs. You know, opposition were 140 for one, um, and we were way out of it. And then we would bat and we would be all out in twenty overs. Um, and I don't, to be honest. I don't think we were adding to the league at all, but we got some breaks. Meagle kept us up one year by going to the um, national leagues, uh, and COVID has probably bought us some time to get some better players in and get better. So, um, the past couple of years, I think we felt genuinely that we maybe belonged a little bit more, um, and obviously, you know, we hope to stay. Um, it's 
it, it's the best league to be in in the, in the Strathmore or SPCU. And, you know, much as, I mean, I probably as natural level was Division One, but um, I think the club as it is now probably needs to be in the NEC. So fingers crossed we can stay. Yeah, because it seems to, I mean, I might be remembering it slightly incorrectly, but it kind of always felt like to me, you got promoted into the NEC and you're kind of out of your depth. But when you then drop back into Division One, you're probably a bit too good for Division One then, um, or, or you were certainly always right up there in Division well, One. Well, I think I think we had a decade in Division One where, when we were in it, and that was maybe six years out of ten, um, we either won it or were second. Uh, so yeah, I mean your point your point's a good one, Calm. It's uh, I, I think. Yeah, we were. We 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 went up and that jump that you get where you, you know, division one, you maybe come up against three good bowlers and then two bowlers that you possibly can take advantage of. Yeah. We were finding in the um, NEC we were running up against five bowlers who were rattling off nine overs for 20, and we were making 120, and that was it. Mm. Um so that's probably our batting wasn't deep enough um, and our bowling was probably just a stream of guys like me running in 20 years past their prime bowling, seam up <laughs> and hoping the ball moved. And, uh, you know, we've now got some variation, guys that move it. We've got some reasonable spinners. Um, so it's from that point of view, I think we're more competitive. At least think we go into just about every game and think, okay, we could win this. That's that's where we are now. Oh, cool. Good. Sounds like progress then on and off the field yeah. at the club, which is excellent. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah, absolutely. You got anything else? Um, no, I think we've, we've covered quite a lot there. And we it's have. been a good chat, you know, hearing yeah. about the, the history and, you know, and I'm sure our listeners will be happy to hear about it and I'm sure they'll all be behind your guys' plans and keen to follow it. Well, I must admit, I, I, we get a lot of good vibes. I mean, we're down at our growth on Saturday, and I mean, they've been very supportive in terms. We've had kids softball, and I must give a name check to Steve Plummer, a man who I'm sure at some point you'll get on your podcast. Uh, he's he's quite the doyen when it comes to um, kids coaching, and I mean, he's he's put up a number of teams for us to play. I mean, he's literally when we started off said, "Come down, doesn't matter how we play, we'll we'll make a game out of it." So. I would have to give a shout out to Arbro. They've been really good and really encouraging with us. But I, I, you find all clubs are now. I think the game's changed from people being tribal. I, yeah, you can be on the pitch. But I think off it, everybody realises that the game has to survive. And, yep. you know, clubs doing good stuff is, it doesn't matter who it is, it's good for the game. I reckon it's just our growth trying to build up another team in Dundee to <laughs> crush for for sure. That's probably all it is. <laughs> <laughs> It might, it might well be. Um, I, 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 I'm not altogether sure. I mean, I, I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could live with playing a Saturday and listening to Terry Russell from the bar every single week telling me how bad I am. Once the season's bad enough. Yeah, yeah. It's been a a fantastic, insightful um, conversation, Richard. Um, Yeah, thank you once again um, for coming on. And yeah, best of luck with um, with all the plans that you've got in place. Uh, And we look forward to to hearing about them as as time goes on over the next few months and and years ahead. Um, So yeah, all, all the best with that. Okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Cheers, Richard. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks again to Richard for having a chat with us. I thought that was very insightful stuff. And uh, yeah, once again, we wish Killock all the best with their, their plans going forward. It's an uh, exciting time for the club. Yep. Uh, I do love the unicorn badge as well. Got to give props to that. Yeah. Country's national animal, you know. So. Aye. Well, yeah. Right. Here's the part of the show that I absolutely <sighs> despise. Best part of the show. Best part of the show. Predictions. It was good, that. Predictions, yeah. Are you giving yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I knew you were going to argue with this. Two points more than me. Yeah. I told you the last one, but it's yeah. correct. I follow the rules, mate. You, you, you even set the rules I out. I did set the rules out. Right, so. I would argue that. 
No. Stonywood didn't finish bottom, no. but whatever. But, but, yeah. but, 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 well, e- even if we, if we pull Stonywood out, then my positions are still right. Yeah, they are. So, therefore, yeah. I win. Right. Two yeah, points. Oh, two. I'm not, not denying that you won. It's whether you got a I, one, two, three. I'm, I'm not sure. I go, it just had to place yeah. correctly. That was what the agreement was. Anyway, the right. predictions are... Uh, so, we had... Group one was Aberdeenshire, Gordonians and Huntley. Um, and Gordonians... Sake. Heck of a chase, though. Yeah. 200 odd. Yeah, impressive stuff from them. Um, didn't see that coming. Aberdeenshire didn't either. Indeed. Uh, um, Took it out on Frookie the day after, didn't they? Absolutely <laughs> pummeled them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Gordonians just ruined that for us. Um, so, neither of us got any points. Uh, our both for sure, Meagle, we correctly predicted that uh, Meagle would come out victorious, but I think it was Ben O'Mara spoiled the party for us in the Arbroath for sure game. Yeah. Um, so we got them the wrong way around. Um, a knock that oh, he got, he was talked about. Yeah, he um, was talked about. Yeah, he was, he was in the consideration. Finally, one of them we got all right. So Duke, Fruki, and Dundee High School felt like the easiest one to predict at the start of the week as well. To it, be fair, it did. Um, as we said, Fruki have just kind of gone backwards. Yeah. Um, but not backwards enough to be troubled by Dundee High because they're just not good at all. Um, so, wow. yeah. Let me see. Don't he, he hold your words, Andrew. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's completely fair. It is um, fair. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that they're, they're trying to put a team out every week, uh, but it does seem a bit of a struggle for them at the moment uh, in terms of the quality of the team that they can get out. So, yeah. And then we don't need to talk about the last group, do we? Oh, this is the best bit. So pretty much, I backed Tian Brits to... And this is pretty much what I said last week. I said that Stonywood 2s will finish bottom of that group. Kinlaw, I backed them to be a decent T20 side. Um, and to be fair, they put up a decent performance as well. Yeah, I mean, they they pretty much lo- they lost to Tian Brits. They didn't yeah. lose to Strathmore. And, and I also said, as making prediction, that there was a risk that Tian Brits is going to do what Tian Brits has done since he's arrived in the country. And... Oh. Put up a load of runs, and that's exactly what he did, um, as we saw in our team of the week. Um, so I get five and you get three? So, yeah, you get five and I get three. Where I mean, I literally said I look forward to being seven points ahead of you. And would you look at that? <sighs> yeah. Seven points ahead, Andrew. Yeah, you, you, did, okay. you did expect us both to have three more points than that, but... <laughs> well, that's true, but that's all right. Yeah. Ultimately, I just have to stay ahead of you. That's all I care about. Yeah, so we're going to have to get inventive as to how we go forward with predictions. Well, if you just got better, that would help you. It would be it would be grand, wouldn't it? I mean, I've even been nice to you, I think, on th- this week's predictions, but... Uh, so this week <laughs> you've gone charitable of you <laughs> that's what my excuse is um, so we have Stonywood Dice versus Fruki Forfisher versus Aberdeen Meagle versus Gordonians Strathmore versus Dundee High School Huntley, Perth Duket and Arbroath Kinlock so this is the first set of cross conference games or however yeah. they're yeah, whatever so terminology they're using played in amongst their own area they've completed that first set of fixtures yep Next six weeks is all about games across the two areas, and then they finish up the season going back within the same areas again. Yep. So the sooner this format gets in the bin, the better. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, um, we agree on Fruki Aberdeenshire. Uh, oh no, no, I've done it right. I've worried I've messed up a graphic again, but it's all right. I've not. I wouldn't have text yet. Yeah. Get on them. So uh, it's late at night, Andrew. It's, yeah. it's half past 11. It so. is. Fruki, Aberdeenshire, Meagle, Strathmore and Kinloch. We all agree on um, that we think those five will be victorious. Aye. And then Huntley against Perth Ducat. You've gone for Huntley. I have gone for Ducat. Huntley's just one of these places. that uh, This is not speaking about Huntley as a town, but it's just not some... I just don't think it's somewhere anyone wants to go and play cricket. Because it, I don't know, it's it's not the best ground in the world. Um, it's a hell of a long way away. It is, and it's just one of those just potential banana skins. Yeah. Um, I've been to Huntley. I've never been to the ground though. So Castle uh, Park, I believe yeah. it's called. 
Um, I mean, I'm just backing that Usman will continue his rich vein of form and will prop up the Ducat batting order to a big score, as he tends to do. It's a perfectly reasonable call. I've actually almost just gone on the basis that the pitch is a bit erratic and actually it's probably one of the more likely pitches for him to fail on. So that's kind of what I'm backing. And I thought it'd be nice and try and give you some points. But, um, you know. Jokers. So it's my turn to to pick Joker first. It is. Um, I'm I'm going with the. I think we're each probably going with the runaway trains, aren't we? <laughs> um, I would imagine so. Yeah, I'm going with the Southern Runaway Train in Meagle. And I've got I've seen the Northern Lights, so I'm going for Aberdeenshire. Yeah. Um, against um Forfarshire. And hopefully, I'll image. Sh- no, it's not going to update because that. You've not hit save. I can, apparently, I can't hit buttons properly. One yeah, job, one so job. Indeed. You do this every week, but it's still not going to I do all the graphics. You do all the graphics, right. and I am I'm grateful for that. I um, don't know why it's not working. Internet. Put internet speed out here in the sticks. Yeah, that's probably exactly what it is. Yeah, it's not updating for some reason. Don't know why. Ah, well. Yeah, that's right. the jokers we're playing. That. Oh, there we go. They're on. Oh, They're there on. We go. Can, can you sh- bring them on the screen now? It's going this is a quality podcast. It's going really that. smoothly tonight. It's really quality I mean, stuff. If we started recording at times that normal people would be awake, that probably would help these things. But yeah, probably. Probably. Anyway, that's our Yeah, I think my other one was probably that I think would have been in the mix is Strathmore. Um, probably, uh, to be fair. Fruki should probably be in the mix, even though they've gone backwards. I'm assuming they will have Safi playing and bowling seam. Yeah. Uh, Stonywood yeah. Dice twos are going to be hindered by the fact that Jamie King is injured. I would imagine David Kidd will be playing up in the ones um, and therefore not playing in the twos. Um, so, yeah, it, I think it's it's the bottom two fixtures for me are the two that could go either way. It's really. probably yeah. not like an upset if either team wins. Yeah. Whereas I think the top four should probably all be fairly straightforward. Um so yeah. Um we will see how they go and we'll see how many points ahead I am next week. I mean you can't really close the gap much even if I get it wrong. Nah, so I can close it by one point. point. So hopefully it's six rather than seven. It'll probably be eight. Just the way it goes. <laughs> I look forward to gloating. So, yeah, my apologies to Duke it, but you're going to lose on Saturday because I picked you to win. So, yeah. Anyway, that, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Dibbly Doublers Cricket Podcast. Um, thank you, as ever, for for watching, for listening. Please do subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe. Get subscribe. subscribe. We want to get our own unique YouTube link or something, Andrew. We right? do, yeah. Because so if, if we get up to 100 YouTube subscribers, then we can get youtube.com slash pod, And that's it's the dream, isn't it? Everyone wants to see that. So Everyone wants to see it, indeed. We're so calling on you all. Hit the subscribe button. And if you're feeling really generous, hit the notification bell as well so that you get a notification whenever we publish a new episode. Um, Twitter at DibDogPod. Comment, share, all the usual stuff. Um Thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and we'll speak to you again next week. Bye, everyone.